Hello and welcome to the Helix Reviews Podcast. My name is David Arrington, bringing you reviews from a Christian Geek Horror Review. And today on the show, we're catching up with 2022. And what that means is I'm going to be talking about all the movies, a lot of the movies anyway, that I didn't review, but I did watch in 2022. So what I got here before me is a list of all of the movies that I watched in 2022. This is a standard procedure for me at the end of the year slash beginning of the year, uh, making this list in order to fill out my best of the year episode, uh, which will be coming probably the next episode. So not very far into the future here. So I got the list and I uh, pulled out the ones that I reviewed on the show. So I'm just going to be going down here and be talking about a whole bunch of movies, some more than others, uh, just that I haven't talked about on the show yet, and I'm gonna touch on here. So this is just kind of a catch-all review episode of all the movies you could possibly want to watch in 2022, uh, except for the ones that I haven't seen, you know, because that happened. Uh, Okay, so first off, the 355, uh, the first movie that I'd seen in 2022, the first 2022 movie that I saw. It's it's an all-woman action movie uh, that's like, oh yeah, it's girl power and stuff, and it, honestly, it's just not that good. Uh, <laughs> Moonfall, just moving right along. If I don't have a lot to say about him, I'm just going to move right along. So, Moonfall. This movie was fun, honestly. The Moonfall is the movie where, oh my goodness, something's wrong with the moon. We gotta go up and look inside the moon to figure out what in the world is going on, and it's gonna destroy the world, and it's uh, very much a disaster movie. Uh, Roland Emblick, I I believe, directed this movie, so uh, the master of disaster, I suppose, and... uh, fun. This is, this is just dumb fun. It's very much in the vein, kind of, of some of his previous disaster movies. If you like watching all the, the big special effects bonanza type stuff, all that stuff is in there. Uh, they added in some interesting extra sci-fi elements, I think. I, that, that, I think it's a, a cool addition to some of this, uh, the, to some of the more typical kind of disaster movie cliches that we are very much seeing in this movie. Uh, so, you know, mixing things up with some cool sci-fi stuff in there as well. Some big actor names in there, Patrick Wilson and stuff. A thoroughly fun and enjoyable time, though, if you're not into disaster movies, if you, you know, you watch the trailer and this doesn't pique your interest, this is not going to be one that changes your mind by any means, right? So this is, you know, if, if this isn't your thing, just steer clear of this one and don't even worry about it. Uh, Death on the Nile. This movie was really good. This is the sequel or the the next step in the Hercule Poirot series, starting off with the murder on the Orient Express, then moving into Death on the Nile, and then uh, the third movie coming up this year, uh, which is what, The Haunting in Venice, I think that one's called. I really enjoyed this one. This is just, it's its kind of classic stuff. Uh, Hercule Poirot just played really well here, and, and just... Uh, just good classic murder mystery type stuff, you know, building up an interesting, diverse cast of characters here that, you know, oh my goodness, who's, who does it? And you really have several options of who does it and you, you don't quite know, you can't quite figure it out, maybe unless you read the books or seen the other uh, Death on the Nile movies or something, in which case you would have known. But I didn't know because I didn't know the stories that well. So just going into this, good murder mystery, good intrigue going into this. And I, 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 I really enjoyed this. I like 
liked this one better than the first movie. And again, this is such a great take on Hercule Poirot, uh, one of, who's who's one of the best detective characters out there. I mean, you got like Sherlock Holmes is the top, at least in my opinion. He's the best of the best. But then. Like, the, just the one notch below him is, like, Hikyol Perot and stuff that is, you know, fits right in there. Just a great detective character and done really well here. The next movie here, Shut In. This is the first movie from The Daily Wire that I seen. They had a run-hide fight previously, which I still haven't seen that yet. Uh, but this movie, uh, it's a contained thriller movie about a woman who gets locked in her closet, and her kid is on the outside, she's locked on the inside, and then some uh, dude shows up to the house and is uh, creeping around in the house, and his her daughter's out there, and it's uh, it's very intense. It's very edge of your seat. It's very well done. If you're thinking, oh, this is the Daily Wire done it, it's going to be super political or anything like that. No, not really at all. It not uh, definitely not like heavy pushing political agendas or anything. Feeling it, uh, the the messaging in here actually is surprisingly Christian. I don't know if the director is a Christian or uh, who along here. Uh, I, don't, I don't remember the exact Bible verse, but there was actually kind of the the overall thematic. Uh, element of this movie was kind of wrapped up in a Bible verse that was read in in the movie, which I thought was really interesting and and well done. And there's some kind of uh, born again rebirth kind of imagery that happens in this movie and stuff. Uh, so I'd, I would have to watch it again to to more suss out uh, what's the. It, it, how explicitly Christian maybe it is, but it definitely has some Christian themes in there, and uh, I think. Uh, yeah, it would it would not surprise me at all if like the director of this was a Christian and stuff, you know, because it's it very much fits in that vein. And again, if you just want to go into this looking for a good kind of thriller kind of movie, this is definitely one to check out. Definitely a solid edge of your seat kind of kind of thriller kind of movie with a good message packed in there as well. Kimmy. Okay, this movie was the first movie, uh, the first, that at least that I'm aware of, the first kind of big budget movie, somewhat big budget movie, uh, coming out about the COVID, like, taking place during COVID. It's not about COVID, but it's about, uh, it's about this girl that's, you know, doing her job, and then in her job, she discovers there is something sketchy going on, and she has to report it to the higher-ups, but then, wait a minute, are the higher-ups involved in whatever this sketchy thing going on is that might include, like, a murder or something? Intriguing concept. It takes place during the lockdowns, and so there's a lot of, you know, oh, COVID, masking, separating, and all this, this kind of uh, stuff thrown in there, which I, you know, I, I find more annoying than anything, personally. Even going beyond that, and even going beyond my distaste for that kind of stuff, I, I just, honestly, I just didn't find the movie that good. I didn't find it that compelling. I think that, uh, I think that the core concept is interesting. Like, she has a job where, uh, she listens to when somebody says like oh hey siri and then they talk to siri you know and then uh she like listens into people's things that they say to siri so she can better uh, adjust that their version of that in order to uh to make it better and then when she's listening over that it sounds like there's some kind of struggle and potentially like a murder or something happens over this and she's like what in the world and she's trying to report it but it doesn't want to be reported because 
there's some people involved and stuff and she doesn't know what to do and people are coming after her and it's very sketchy and scary and stuff and it's like oh it's such a great idea but ultimately to me it was it, it felt like kind of a missed opportunity just because it, it just ultimately kind of falls flat in the end for me uh even going beyond the extra stuff that's annoying which was all the the lockdown stuff uh the adam project so this is ryan reynolds uh you know playing off of a younger version of himself with played by a different a kid actor that very much acts like ryan reynolds which so on one hand you could say oh that's good casting he's that kid is very much acting like ryan reynolds yes but kids don't act like that this kid did not act like a kid at all this kid acted like a ryan reynolds adult kid that is <laughs> that doesn't make it doesn't really make any sense the 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 dialogue with the kid though they were just kind of having fun with it i guess this movie's decent it's fine uh if you like ryan reynolds then you'll probably like this movie because this is just very much him his movie you know um and it's, it's very much just his personality and stuff that kind of carries the movie uh to me ryan reynolds can be hit and miss sometimes he can be funny sometimes uh he can be annoying and uh both of those aspects of him came through in this movie in my opinion some interesting sci-fi kind of stuff going on in it but uh, ultimately it's just eh, it's all right uh, the Hyperions. This is another Daily Wire movie here. Low budget superhero movie, but off kilter kind of superhero movie where the, the superheroes decide, hey, we're going to rob this museum. The superheroes are robbing a museum to steal back some of their uh, own superhero like technology back out of the museum or something along those lines. I, I did not like this movie very much, unfortunately. I, I really wanted to for a few reasons, but I mean, it's like a, it's this off kilter weirdo superhero-ish kind of movie and so it's like okay you know I, I that sounds like it should be up my alley that's like the kind of thing I want to like but then when I watched it it, it just felt like it's uh, really trying to be oh we're the we're the quirky comedy kind of thing oh yeah we're so quirky isn't this movie so quirky you know if you <laughs> there's there's sometimes movies or shows that do that where it's like they're just really it feels like they're really making a effort to be quirky instead of just kind of it feeling natural, which I'm sure the movies and stuff where the quirkiness feels natural, it was not natural, like it was hard to do and stuff, you know. But this uh, this movie and, and, you know, along with like some other things that I've seen where, where it just feels like they're just like pushing the quirkiness or like, oh, the, we got to be quirky. So they're just like trying and it, it just, it, it doesn't come across very well to me. And so I ultimately I didn't like the Hyperions that much. It was, eh, it was all right. Everything, everywhere, all at once. What a terrible name for a movie. It fits the movie, but nobody can remember that name. Like, I've listened to podcasts where people talking about it, and people are stumbling over that name all over the place. What a confusing, convoluted name to name your movie. Ridiculous. That said, uh, this movie is fun. This movie is interesting. Uh, it's... <laughs> I guess... You know, the positives, the action in here is amazing. The uh, fantastical fantasy sci-fi kind of stuff in here is really interesting, really, really well done. This is a multiverse kind of movie, so it's this lady that uh, is like suddenly now there's up to 100 versions of this lady and they're like oh my goodness we need to to save all the universes because there's some universe destroying force that is uh eliminating every universe for some reason what's going on here and it's 
uh, absurd. It is ridiculous. It's one of those things where it just pushes the envelope of stupidity while very much taking it seriously. It's it's this very kind of uh, bizarro kind of movie in that respect. It's a very surrealist kind of movie, which is fun. You know, like, like some of those elements in there where it's just like, stupid but but like kind of ingenious maybe uh is is pretty fun it's definitely enjoyable to watch the the method in which they switch between universes is unique and bizarre but but it makes it kind of fun and quirky uh this is a quirky that that actually kind of mixed in with the movie better than what the hyperions did which i was talking about earlier right there are some elements that brought it down for me uh the it it does get very crude at points uh, very crass and uh needlessly so at points I thought um, and also it is such a dark movie it is so bleak in its worldview it is just the it uh, okay I mean I don't want to spoil anything but I'll just say it's like basically the the thesis of the movie is that like nothing in the world matters so you know do whatever you want to make you happy or whatever kind of thing because nothing matters once you die you're just dead and gone forever there is nothing there is no god there is nothing it's just nothing matters it's kind of the end thesis of the movie and it's like oh my gosh that is horrible and untrue and really kind of depressing like they tried to play that nothing matters in like a positive kind of spin to it as positive of a spin as you can give to nothing matters and we're all just doomed for eternity to nothingness like <laughs> they tried to spin that positive but when the movie ends i'm like oh my gosh this is depressing man yeah i mean after watching it's like man i'm i'm glad that that is not true and that you know there is more and there is something actually positive and good in jesus you know so it's like oh my gosh <laughs> so that aspect of it i didn't like that said uh, very creative very unique you'll definitely see this popping up sometimes on my top 10 list or my my favorites lists of the the year here because there is definitely some really interesting quirky bizarre bizarre stuff going on in here uh that said i i just wish that maybe some of the some of those elements were a little bit lesser monstrous so this is a movie eh, i don't even know if i really need to talk about this movie this, this movie was fine the lost city uh, i watched that very much more of a uh rom-com than i was expecting i guess i was expecting more just like uh, more comedy uh, it is very comedic and it's very uh it, it's fairly funny it's it's a decent rom-com if you want to watch a rom-com not my thing uh but you know it's, it's decent it's all right uh ambulance this movie was really good michael bay directed movie uh just a, a good solid action movie with Jake Gyllenhaal and uh, Abdul Mateen something I don't quite know how to pronounce that guy's name but two actors that I enjoy and I think their their chemistry is really what sells this movie they they have kind of a brotherly relationship with each other and that chemistry is ultimately kind of what sells the movie to me and kind of makes you kind of care about these characters even as they're kind of doing these bad things because it's like a, a heist movie they steal money and then their getaway vehicle doesn't work out and they steal an ambulance and but there's somebody dying in the backseat of the ambulance it's exciting, it's fun, it's nothing gonna be overly amazing, I don't think, but a good solid action movie there. Uh, The Northman. This movie was interesting. Uh, 
uh, this movie, it's it's kind of one of those A24 movies, you know, the, that uh, a lot of A24 movies I watch and I go, that's interesting. You know, they're, they're trying to do something different here. They're doing something unique, uh, but I don't 100% like it. And that's basically the uh, case with The Northman. It at least has a tangible story that I can grab onto. With, with some of their movies, there's le not enough there that I can really grab onto and quite understand in one watch through for me to really go, yeah, I like that movie, you know? The Northman has that. It has a revenge storyline throughout the core of it. And I found that that fairly compelling and the, the main actor in here playing the the Northman, I guess, is really good. And, and like you're you are rooting for him to to kill this guy, you know, to get his revenge and stuff. I also found it interesting watching this movie because this is like old Norse mythology, you know, not not necessarily uh, diving into like like you know Thor and Odin and stuff per se, but uh, but like like that time period, they believe those kind of things and they they tap into their supernatural side and or whatever they call on the spirit of the wolf and stuff like that. And there is sequences in this movie where they're like they I don't remember if they're like rubbing blood on themselves or something, and they're like dancing around a fire, chanting, and then they get possessed by the spirit of the wolf. And it, it made me think about like the berserkers and stuff that you learn about, you know, in history and all that from back in the day. Just thinking like, you know what? Okay, you know, it's like, it's, it's a weird thing to learn about, you know, when you're a kid and you're like, what in the world's up with those guys? That's bizarre, you know? Uh, but but then I, watching it in this movie, I'm going, you know what? There probably was, you know, they're calling on the spirit of the wolf to come and, and possess them so that they can fight better or whatever. It was something along those lines. And, uh, and then it does, and I'm, I'm thinking, you know what, this probably did happen, you know, like, they, they were, you know, because it's like, it's, it's based on real events, it's based on, you know, they were, like, calling on the spirit, but it's like, they were, there was something about, like, demon possession and stuff going on there, you know, because, uh, in the, in the movie, you could actually see, like, the way, the way that he walked changed once he got possessed, like, and then, like, uh, he... The, the way that he walked and the way that they moved and stuff and the way that they acted changed once they were, like, possessed by the spirit of the wolf or whatever. And and then they kind of change back once it goes back to him being more of him. And it's like, oh, it's it's very strange. It's very effective for the, the movie. Um, but it also really made me think about, oh, like, there probably was, like, demon possession, weird demon worship that, and, and them being these ultra-crazy strong warriors that are just kind of, they're berserkers, they're kind of crazy, the, there probably was, like, demon stuff going on there, very weird, I don't know, it got, it got me thinking about that stuff more than probably this, whatever they wanted me to be thinking about watching that movie, you know? All the Old Knives, uh, kind of a spy kind of movie, fairly forgettable, I don't even really remember much about it so forget that one i guess uh memory this one is like a liam neeson action movie but i'm gonna be honest i don't re remember it so um i guess i the, the memory did not work in this one uh 2000 mules okay this is a documentary about election integrity in the 2020 elections and how uh some of that stuff was uh ballot stacking and all that kind of stuff in the 2020 elections and people filling ballot boxes with tons of ballots and all that kind of stuff there's video evidence of this kind of stuff it's crazy it's very informative it's uh interesting if you're uh, interested in learning about some of the craziness that happened in the 2020 election, uh, check out 2000 Mules. Uh, what is a Woman? Uh, this is a documentary by Matt Walsh of The Daily Wire, and uh, this this movie was fascinating. It was hilarious. 
like watching these people get interviewed and getting asked the question, what is a woman and having no idea how to answer, you know, it's just, it's insane. And it's, it's like hilarious watching some of these people try to answer this and all this kind of stuff. But then also it's like terrifying and like sick to your stomach kind of thing where it's like, Oh my gosh, what in the world? And then they, it gets really dark and nasty at the end with some of the, the stuff that people are talking about. And I think the, the genius thing about this documentary is that it's not he, he barely puts his own perspective in this Matt Walsh a, a very conservative uh you know or like right wing conservative type of person and personality and stuff that that uh he has a talk show that is is very much leaning into that kind of stuff and talking about that in a in a right wing kind of aspect this movie is not so much just coming at it. It's not so much like telling you that stuff in that way. What, what I think is genius about what is a woman is that it uh, it's all questions and it's all just the the people that he's interviewing basically stumbling over themselves and making themselves look insane because they are <laughs> insane. Being Not being able to answer the question, what is a woman? Not being able to understand basics about the world that we live in because they they want to fit into the lgbtq uh ideology and this whole woke mentality that just goes against what we naturally know about the world and everything and it just it just rails against all of reality the the i think the genius thing is it doesn't do what like what i just said it doesn't tell you that this is just going against common sense and reality and all this kind of stuff it doesn't say that kind of stuff all it does is he asks them questions and then you figure that out by the way that they're answering it and these are these are people off the street and these are the geniuses you know these are the the you know top level people learning about uh, gender and uh, you know all different kinds of people scientists and stuff and all different kinds of people that he's asking and it's just absolutely fascinating it's hilarious it's sad and disturbing and uh, honestly probably my favorite documentary that I've ever seen absolutely fascinating uh, so what is a woman definitely check that out on Daily Wire that's one that definitely seemed to uh, blow up when that came out this that's this is like that's the movie that Daily Wire really uh, exploded with it seemed to me anyway Top Gun Maverick okay this is interesting uh, so this is now like one of the highest grossing movies it made over you know a billion dollars I didn't expect that beforehand for sure and even once I watched it and I'm like I, I watched this movie I enjoyed the first Top Gun you know it's fun it's decent I like I like that this movie's a better movie than the original Top Gun. It's like a, a completely solid movie. The the old one's kind of cheesy, you know, okay, it's a fun 80s kind of movie, you know, it's all right. This one it, it's a good movie. It's a good solid movie. I said it's not an amazing movie in my opinion. I watched this and I'm like, yeah, this is this is a good solid war movie. You know, you got some good, you know, heroism going on in here. You got some good, you know, some character relationships between the guys and they have to learn that, oh, you know, working together and, you know, fighting together for something that is bigger than themselves and some of these good kind of heroic kind of themes coming through here. Uh, it's it's a movie that is very much, it, it's, it pushes back against the whole woke narrative of the, the Hollywood and all this kind of stuff, but not so much because it's saying like, hey, all that's stupid, all that's bad. It's just... It, it fights back in that it just completely ignores all of that 
and it just kind of portrays America as like, oh yeah, this is a good place to live, and you know, fighting for uh, your home country is a heroic thing to do, and it's and heroism is good, and just kind of some of these kind of traditional American type values, Americana type movie that is just like kind of just traditional good positive values in here and uh, that that you just don't really see in movies anymore but Tom Cruise is apparently a big enough star that he can make it happen. I also find it interesting that one of the like cleanest least woke movies that that is just kind of generally positive uh, thematically kind of movies to, to come out this year is done by a cultist. Like his, the cultist is like the main actor in the movie and a big pusher of this movie and stuff. Because, uh, if you don't know, <laughs> Tom Cruise is like in a, a cult, which, you know, if you, you, I, I don't know. I don't know too, way too much about what, uh, I forget what it's called, but, but the, the religion and stuff that he's into, uh, but it, it, is sounds very cult-like it is very not great um <laughs> but that said uh one of the most like positive wholesome kind of movies to come out is from him who's a cultist and it's like you know that, that I, I guess that tells you where our culture is when a a cultist makes media that is uh much like ridiculously more reasonable than than most of hollywood you know it's uh bizarre it's very strange uh firestarter so this is a movie that i think is based on a stephen king story never read the stephen king story never seen the older firestarter movie uh just kind of like a it it's, it's almost like carrie it reminds me of carrie uh, another stephen king thing uh where it's it's just kind of like a superhero slash maybe super villain origin story kind of thing this girl can start fires with her mind and control fire and stuff and it's uh it's all right you know it it's it's a fine enough movie i didn't think it was anything amazing but it, it's all right jurassic world domination i sh absolutely should have done a review of this when it came out uh but I didn't, unfortunately, so, okay, fine, uh, but this movie, I, I, I should have loved this movie, I, I really, I was excited for this movie, because it's the bringing together of the Jurassic World and the Jurassic Park cast, it's bringing them together in one big movie, which is really exciting, a really fun idea, and then they just fumble this so hard. Like, this movie isn't, like, bad, it's not horrible, it's just bland, it's just not that great. It's, unfortunately, it's just not that great. There's some good kind of action fun in here, there, you know, the there's some, uh, some raptors that they kind of have trained, and they're chasing them around, which is really cool. Uh, you know, some, some fun dinosaur-ish kind of action, you know, that, that stuff's always cool, but we've seen that before. And, and frankly, we've seen it done better before as well. What what really would have sold this movie is these older, the, the older Jurassic Park and the newer Jurassic Park coming together. You know, the old guard meets the new guard kind of thing, you know? And, and it's technically in here, but it's just not well done. Uh, most of the movie, the, the old guard, you know, you got Sam Neill and you got Laura Dern and Jeff Goldblum and all them, you know, and, and it's like, oh, cool, you know, they're bringing these characters back, but then they have them just off on doing some other random stuff that has, like, nothing to do with dinosaurs practically for most of the movie, and they're just, they're sneaking around in labs and stuff. It's just not interesting. It's, it doesn't connect with the main story in any way that I found compelling at all. And then when they finally do get together, 
you know, there's a couple moments that are okay, but, but like, they, they try to make some references back to the older movies, but I mostly found them very weak. Like, I really... Man, there's a way that you could have done this. That would have been so solid and so cool. But, man, they just, they fumbled the ball so hard here. That it's, ah, man. It's unfortunate. And I want, okay, I, I hope that if they continue these movies, and I'm assuming they will, these movies make a lot of money. If they're going to continue making Jurassic World movies, I'm sure, maybe they'll call it something else. You know, we're in, we're in the Jurassic World now, so maybe, you know, Jurassic Universe or something that goes to space with the Fast and Furious movies. Uh, no, but... You know, they're, they'll, they'll maybe name it some other Jurassic something because they did their trilogy here, trilogy there, maybe a new trilogy, Jurassic something else. Either way, I hope that the future movies contain the entire cast. I hope they contain the new ones, you know, Bryce Dallas Howard and, and Chris Pratt and them, but then we brought the old cast back. Hopefully it's not just for this one, hurrah. Let's have them be in the entire next trilogy of movies here. The movies be all about all of those characters, Ian Malcolm and uh, Grant and all, all those characters coming back, Ellie coming back in here. Maybe you could even bring back the, the kids from the first two movies. I have no idea what those actors are up to, if they're even acting anymore or anything. You know, you, you could bring back some of those characters, you know, and just have them all together because I want this to work. And so maybe the next one would work better. I don't know it's just such a bummer to me because it's like this this had so much potential bringing these old characters back and the, the new ones that it just nothing worked in this movie for me practically nothing worked in this movie it's so unfortunate and i i really really wanted it to be better this is this is one of the weakest jurassic park movies of all of them like this this one is down there with uh what what's the worst one two probably to Jurassic the the Lost World I think is probably the worst one in my opinion uh than this one and then going on up from there uh it's just you know uh, it's just so so unfortunate and I wasn't even it's not like I was expecting the first original Jurassic Park again you know it's like you can't really touch that movie that movie is so good but you could it, it could have been better than this you know it could have been on the level of the previous two Jurassic World movies, but this is the worst Jurassic World movie for sure, in my opinion. It's just, it's unfortunate. Uh, yeah. Interceptor. This is a uh, action movie on Netflix, a fairly forgettable, generic kind of action movie. Uh, definitely kind of, uh, it, it's, it's definitely pushing the the female action star character kind of thing, you know. Which it, it's it's not just like, oh, this is this as an action star that happens to be a woman it's very much the uh this is an action star that's a woman and she's amazing because she's a woman you know and it's just like okay all right come on buddy uh terror on the prairie so this is one of the uh daily wire movies also this is one that i i was hoping for more from this movie this is gina carano uh coming back from being canceled by hollywood uh for posting fairly reasonable stuff on her uh social media accounts then she got canceled and then uh Daily Wire brought her in in order to do a movie here. She does a Western movie here. Uh, no score, which is a weird thing. That definitely stuck out to me. There was, the, I, I think that you could probably do that and make a movie really work with that. It didn't really work. They'd, there was moments where I felt like there should have been more tension than there was and a score probably would have added to that. But it didn't because there was no score. Interesting enough story. Uh, 
ultimately it's it's just kind of a mid-tier meh okay western kind of story uh definitely would have liked to seen it something bigger and, and better for her kind of uh return from being canceled and all that kind of stuff you know uh but terror on the prairie it, it was okay uh bullet train Decent enough action movie. I think this movie is fun. It definitely has some cool action sequences. Uh, it's it's funny. I don't think it's anything that amazing. I don't think it's going to blow you out of the water, but it's a decent, fun little action movie. If you want some good laughs amidst some cool action, uh, this definitely has both of those things. Some good visual kind of visual kind of stuff going on here as well. The, the director here really knows how to do some good interesting visuals i think where the crawdads sing uh this is like I, I barely remember this movie if i'm being honest so i'm just gonna move on uh prey okay i should have probably reviewed this movie as well so this is the new predator movie uh so <laughs> this is pretty good it's, it's decent you know this is this is not bad uh this is a fun enough movie i do I wanted to like it more than I did. I guess the the main thing is that I I didn't connect too much with the the main character. I really think I'd, I w I would have liked a Cecina maybe a little more I don't know humanity out of the the main character to connect me with her a little bit more. Uh, that said, eh, you know whatever she was she was fine. She was uh, just a, a character there to fight the predator. I guess I like bringing the predator into these different time periods and stuff. Uh, this is like a older America, uh, when the Native American Indians, you know, there are just doing their own thing or whatever, and then, uh, the Predator shows up and they have to fight the Predator, that's kind of a cool thing, very much a, like, a soft remake, kind of, of the first movie, very similar, uh, in a lot of ways, uh, which, you know, hey, that's kind of cool, I would be curious to see what they're gonna do in the future here, uh, does this mean that we're gonna get prey to with a sequel with her in this time period or does this mean we're just moving all over the place honestly i would kind of like it if they just started moving all over the place honestly they could do both you know like this movie i it, I, I don't know, I got the impression that this movie did well and that people liked this movie. You know, I think it released on a streaming service. It released on Hulu, I think, if I remember right. Uh, so, you know, it's hard to tell how well it actually did. It's not like you could just look up box office results, you know? But if they're happy with the success of this, they could make a Prey 2 and everybody that wants to see more of her and everybody that wants to see more in this time period and stuff would be excited to see that. But then you could also spin it off into something else, you know? You, you can have one set during the Revolutionary War or something, you know? You can have one set way back in the Mayan, you know, era times or whatever, you know, just like way, way back. Or you could have, you know, like, like you could do all kinds of stuff. You could have one, a futuristic one. Is there any futuristic ones? I guess Alien versus Predator or it's kind of futuristic. Eh. Anyway, you could do all kinds of stuff with this. To me, the, that's the most exciting thing about Prey is more the opportunities that it opens up versus this movie particularly, which again, I, I thought was decent. I thought it was fun, but it, it, to, to me, it wasn't anything particularly amazing. I, I wish I liked it a little more than I did. Day Shift, this is uh, Jamie Foxx fighting vampires. Uh, very much just dumb popcorn fun action-y kind of movie. Uh, a decently fun watch, you know, kind of comedic action kind of movie. Uh, you know, 
decently fun if you if you don't have anything else to watch and and that just seems like a good thing to watch at the time you know it's it's something you watch and you go oh yeah that was pretty fun that was a good time and then uh, a while later you pretty much forget about it because there's not really there's there's like no depth there and it's just like yeah it's, it's fun beast this is a man versus nature kind of movie where you got a uh, father played by idris elba and his two daughters and they are being hunted down by this big lion that is you know gone rogue i guess it's he's this lion has decided hey you know what i like killing people and so i'm gonna start killing people you know kind of a, a ghost in the darkness type story that was actually based on a real thing so this type of thing could happen though the way they talk about it they're they're like oh man somebody you know that this this lion's just he's just wants revenge or whatever it's like i don't know if lions think like that but okay uh <laughs> this is a good solid movie this is a good man versus nature type movie uh you got some good uh father daughter connection type there i like that kind of stuff you know just a, a good family dynamic a dad learning to be a better dad to his his daughters and the daughters connecting a little more with the dad and then you got this this lions that's chasing him down and trying to kill him and it's exciting it's intense and it it's a good time it's it's not a thing that's gonna blow you away but if you like man versus nature stories and i definitely do uh this is one to check out this is good uh, the Invitation. Oh, this was interesting. I had barely heard of this, and then I decided to watch it. This is like, I, I don't know if I, I, I don't really want to spoil it necessarily. This is a, uh, like a secret undercover remake of a classic monster movie. <laughs> And I say that like that's what it's it's really interesting. Uh, it's a movie about this. It's about this woman that that like happens to get kind of through random bizarre happenstance gets invited to this uh, very luxurious kind of event party kind of thing. Is it a wedding? I think it's a wedding. Anyway, um, and then you know she gets invited and she's like, oh, this is crazy. This is weird. And then she goes to that and it's very gothic horror kind of thing going on. Uh, and there's like the he goes she goes to this mansion and there's you know all the people and it's a, a lot of it's about kind of this social dynamic between her you know kind of a, a lesser person so uh going in with the higher ups the elite kind of people you know and then her mixing with them and stuff uh you know so kind of an interesting dynamic there her trying to go you know tr trying to maybe bring them down a peg and them going oh you know we're above you kind of thing and then there's like maybe some like ghostly type activity going on in there as well some creepy horror stuff going on in there as well i am going to spoil which movie that this is like a secret remake of uh so spoilers for the invitation if you if you want to be intrigued something that it's it's kind of something that is spoiled in the trailer already if you watched the trailer uh the the trailers for this movie are very poor they really sh are bad spoiler heavy but uh okay the secret movie that this is kind of a remake ish of is nosferatu so there you go if you want to see a top secret remake of that uh check out the invitation uh, very interesting very interesting movie i actually uh quite enjoyed this one see how they run this is a comedic movie a co like a comedic mystery murder mystery type movie uh about uh you got sam rockwell and sorori ronan if that's how you pronounce her name uh in there as the detectives that i gotta come in and figure out this case and figure out what's going on uh some good 
fun, fairly clean kind of uh, comedic stuff going on in here. Uh, fairly fun, not anything particularly amazing. I, I, I thought that they, th this movie had the potential to be a Knives Out type movie where it was like, it's really funny and fun and just thoroughly entertaining. It didn't quite get there for me. It's uh, it's just a, a decently fun little movie, uh, a fun little romp. And, uh, you know, I enjoyed it ultimately, even though it's not anything particularly amazing, I don't think. Uh, the Menu, this is a bizarre movie. This is like, hey, we all go to this island where we go and eat food and the, he serves this particular menu in the particular way and it's super high class and fancy, but, you know, so it's like they paid millions of dollars or whatever to eat this super fancy food and stuff and, and experience this very particular experience and everything with this, this particular menu and the chef that really knows what he's doing. And then suddenly he's like, I'm here to kill all of you now and it's just like what and but they all have to sit there and keep eating all their food and stuff very strange uh never quite seen a movie quite like this and and there's parts of this movie that i really enjoyed uh there it's kind of darkly comedic uh and some of that i did enjoy uh it ultimately it goes off the deep end for me the 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 ending final half of the movie i just did not like very much at all i it uh, honestly the first half of the movie i was like i was enjoying it it's like this is it's, it, it is again it's kind of like a knives out kind of scenario where there's a lot of characters in here that you just don't really like um <laughs> you don't like basically anybody uh but it's it's kind of fun to watch these characters and the way they interact with each other and the way that they're kind of rude to everybody and everything and they're these you know those kind of characters and so it's like oh, okay this this is kind of fun but then ultimately uh where it goes to me it just it just went off the deep end and i, I just did not like the way it concluded amsterdam this movie you got christian bale margot robbie and John David Washington, uh, three actors that are really good and their chemistry together is fantastic. That's really, uh, that, that is by far the best part of this movie. Uh, I, I just, ultimately the, the story and everything, I just didn't like it and I didn't like ultimately where it went and, and it's just, uh, everything surrounding their, <laughs> their characters, I didn't find particularly interesting, uh, but really those three together and the way they talked and inter interacted with each other, I found very fun and enjoyable, so... Uh, but but I basically everything else around that is just and I didn't care for it. Halloween ends. No wait, I reviewed this movie. Why is this still on the list? Pray for the devil. <laughs> Generic, uh, not that great exorcist kind of movie. Uh, it, but I did not realize until I was watching the movie that it's not pray for the devil as in like you know let let us bow our heads and pray now for the devil. Uh, it, it's it's uh, this this girl that is the main character in this movie is pray. for for the devil you know she is she's somebody that the devil's going after for whatever reason and um yeah it's this movie's pretty stupid honestly it's not very good bad horror movie uh you know dime a dozen and this is just one of them uh violent night <laughs> this this movie's fun it's it's enjoyable it, it's it gets too crude in my opinion it, it gets too it gets too juvenile i guess it, it's just the <laughs> this is santa claus as oh now it's badass santa claus going out and i'm gonna beat up the bad guys and stuff oh yeah santa claus here to save the day and it's violent and crazy and weird and and it's like okay that that's kind of a 
a ridiculous premise, but in a, in a kind of a fun way. But then some of the humor, just the, pe the poop humor, gross out type humor in here, that it goes just super juvenile and, and just not funny at all to me. And, and it just, it swings back and forth between that and some very enjoyable, fun kind of absurdist kind of humor in here that that i did enjoy uh ultimately it's it's a decent time it's it's fun but it's not gonna be anything way too amazing i don't think that it, it's not gonna become a christmas classic i don't think but it's a fun watch if you if you're in the mood for that kind of movie uh johnny cash the redemption of an american icon this is a documentary about johnny cash and about his uh salvation about him you know, starting off in kind of a, a Christian family when he was young, straying from that during a lot of his time in the music industry, and then coming back to that and making music to glorify God and making a TV show to glorify God and stuff. And it's very, uh, very well done. Yeah, it's there's some interesting stuff in here. There's definitely some stuff I didn't know about Johnny Cash. And uh, yeah, I, I like Johnny Cash. This is a good documentary. If you like Johnny Cash, check this one out. Avatar, The Way of the Water, already making a billion and a half dollars and going on to the two billion dollar mark apparently what in the world is the <laughs> i heard somebody say and they had no evidence whatsoever to back this up so i don't necessarily believe this but it's like uh they said you know what if avatar what if the avatar movie is just uh, money laundering <laughs> they're just laundering money through the avatar movies and they're like that's the reason they're the highest grossing movies of all time is just because they're shoving extra money in there through money laundering and stuff because when i went to see it i was it was me and like a couple in front of me and like a couple people behind me it was a fairly empty theater i've I, you know a lot of movies that i've seen have a lot more movies had a lot more people in them this you know it was like what in the world's going on how is this making so much money a lot of it is overseas, though. Like, they, it made a lot of money here, too, in America. But a lot of it is overseas. Apparently, there's something about the Avatar movies that really connect overseas, I guess. And so, that's where a lot of movies come in. Either that, or they're uh, laundering money through it. I don't know. <laughs> I don't really believe that. But it's... Uh, when somebody said that, I'm like, you know, that actually makes some amount of sense, you know? Uh, <laughs> Avatar The Way of the Water... Honestly, I think I like the first movie better. Uh, the, this one, it's fine. It, again, you know, the, the visuals are spectacular. The visuals are amazing. And the, the best part of this movie, again, very much like the first movie, is the world building. The way they, they set the world up and the, the, seeing all the creatures in it. And this time, the, it's more water-focused. You know, they go somewhere else and now they're with a water tribe. And, uh, you know, so they're they're learning how these people live. And they're, they're learning about these new creatures that are swim underwater. And they, they all this kind of stuff. Very fantastic world building and, and just very visually pleasing and stuff very very good in that respect uh, and there's some actually somewhat some uh, positive family kind of themes in here you know the this guy is an ex-soldier and he he you know he, that's like was his whole purpose in life but now he's kind of finding a a more meaningful purpose in life uh, by taking care of his family and leading his family and it's like oh wow okay you know that's 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 actually pretty good, and there's there's actually like direct messages about how you know it's a father's job to protect his his children and stuff, and it's like yes, it is okay. Like that's there's some legitimately 
I thought really some positive kind of thematic stuff going on in that movie, especially coming from uh, James Cameron, who has definitely made some very like woke and, and not very great comments and stuff in the real world, just talking and stuff. I think he, you know, he has a bad worldview, I think, but some of what I guess is some of his positive worldview coming in here, which is a very pro family kind of perspective in this movie, which I think is well done. Uh, the, the, the characters in here are okay. It's, it's a, it's a fairly simple story much like the first one it's it's a fairly simple story i think but it, it's somewhat effective it's it works uh they th i think the positive part of this movie the, the biggest positive well other than the visuals and stuff is the character dynamic between the family they they do really make an effort to build up this family to get you to connect with this family and to get you to like you know want this family to keep going and persevere through the the things that they're struggling with and and they're they're integrating into this new society here and it's, it's that's a struggle and the you know it, just some of that stuff it, it is a well done movie uh ultimately after watching it i, I just because kind of like you know it's, it's decent it's it's all right it's fun enough but it, it wasn't anything amazing so i was like is this really gonna be the next billion dollar movie and it is it's the next billion dollar movie so all right, I guess that's fine. <laughs> I don't know. It's just it's just kind of a weird thing to me. Like, uh, I and I was like, I was kind of looking forward to this movie. I mean, I enjoyed the first one. I haven't seen it in a long time though, so maybe if I rewatched it, maybe I wouldn't enjoy it as much. I don't know. I don't know. I maybe I should rewatch the first one see if I still like it as much as I remember because I remember thinking, oh, this is good. This is a fun, good time. Really, this movie it just came too late. You know that this movie should have been released three years after the first one you know that way we're pushing the limit of it's a little bit longer than it should have been maybe but three years after the first one bam we have another one you know and then by by the time we're at now we should be getting the fourth movie not the second movie you know like like it was not worth the wait in my opinion if if they had to wait that long to get the water technology right then the next movie, this movie should not have been the water-focused movie. The water-focused movie should have been the third or the fourth movie, and the second movie should have been, you know, I don't know, if they're going through the elements, fire or something, you know, dirt, or I don't know. <laughs> you know, this, so they the could have been a focused on something else, you know? And the, it really, it should have come out ten years ago or something, you know? Like, it, it doesn't make any sense how long they waited to release this movie. That said, apparently... It doesn't miss a beat as far as the money-making capacity of it and stuff. And now, supposedly, every couple years or so, they're going to be releasing another one. So, all right, you know, uh, we'll see. We'll see how the, this one's doing so well that it's like, you know, all right, you know, you don't you don't bet against James Cameron, I guess. That's you know, all right. Uh, orphan first kill. Oh, did you know that there was an orphan prequel released this year? Yeah. Uh, so Orphan, if you don't know, this is a really interesting, intriguing, uh, horror movie. I, I really enjoyed the first Orphan. It's, uh, it is the kind of movie where it's like, where, where, what is, what is going on here? What, what in the world? And then once it all concludes, it just really concludes in a, in a really crazy and satisfying way that's like so cool. A, a lot of the first movie kind of hinges around this weird mystery of what, what in the tarnation is going on here. And then it's all, re it's like revealed at the end of that movie, right? So it's like, oh, okay, you know, you, you kind of know what's going on there. And so going into this prequel, it's like, okay, we know what's going on. You know, we kind of, we kind of know 
the the twist. We we know what the thing is, and so it's like, how are they gonna do this and still make it that intriguing and that compelling? And honestly, for the most part, they did it. In my opinion, they they flubbed out the ending. It's the ending is not very good. It's yeah, the the ending is kind of a miss in this movie for me. But the 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 you know two thirds of this movie and or more even is really really solid. It's it's they they switch the perspective of the movie to Esther, uh, and so we see from Esther's point of view, and that immediately changes so much in the movie of of our perspective on the situation going on it's and then uh and then there's more shifts and stuff that is just fantastic like uh, they they in my opinion they really nailed what a prequel should be here to this movie and it's just really well done really good uh yeah if you liked orphan definitely check out orphan first kill and if you haven't seen orphan uh, i think it's a really solid bizarre horror movie <laughs> i like it the unbearable weight of massive talent this is nicholas cage playing himself going to pedro pascal's island and being like hey i i'm gonna be with you for your birthday because you're paying me to be here and uh, i'm nicholas cage and i'm the best actor ever <laughs> and uh, it's it's <laughs> which is just kind of a weird thing this movie's funny though this movie is a good comedy man i really enjoyed this the the over-the-top nicholas cage uh kind of personality that he's putting on in this movie and then they they try to make a little bit more of a human out of him as as well mixed in there and uh him and pedro pascal together are very fun and it, it's it's just a very fun comedy i i really enjoyed this this is uh maybe the best comedy of the year very very funny all right only a couple more movies here to go we're saving the biggest one for last we're saving a big one for last here resurrection is the next movie this is a uh well actually the next two movies the resurrection and watcher both of these movies are about a woman that suddenly realizes that she is being stalked and that uh, there's some creepy guy that is following her everywhere and it's very creepy and uh, both these movies are this and they're both well done. So Resurrection, starting with the first one, this is suddenly she's being stalked by someone that she's like, wait a minute, is this this person that I recognize from the past? What in the world is going on here? This movie is strange. They they take this kind of uh, the 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 paranoid thriller kind of movie, and then they go more bizarre with it, and they go maybe a little more artsy kind of with it, like like art film slightly, a little bit more angle with it. Uh, which honestly it, it worked for me because it was uh, there's just some very bizarre like metaphorical kind of stuff that goes on in this movie that's just like what that's very weird. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I enjoyed this. I think this is a this is a good paranoid kind of thriller. And moving over to Watcher, this is also a very good paranoid kind of thriller. So if you want if you want the really kind of bizarre surrealist kind of elements, go to Resurrection. If you want a little bit more straightforward of a thriller, go to Watcher, uh, but again, just a story about this woman, she goes to a new country, in this one, she goes to Romania, I believe, and then suddenly, like, there's this person that she sees all over the place, she see, you know, she goes to this place, and in the store, and she sees him, she goes to the theater, and she sees him, she's like, what in the world is going on, this guy is everywhere, and then, you know, she looks at her window, and there's somebody figure in the window watching her, and it's like, what in the world is going on, it's very creepy, and it it's a Fan, this movie is fantastic at just building that 
paranoid suspension of like suspense of just like oh my goodness like this this person what is this person doing who is this person why is this person you know and like how much of this is even real like sometimes you see this person and you don't you can barely see them and it's like was that even them or was that just you know her mind playing tricks on her and your mind playing tricks on you because you're looking out for it and stuff what in the world it's just really good at this at, at causing that sense of paranoia in you while watching the movie. Very well done in that respect. Uh, yeah, Watcher. I, I really enjoyed that movie. Of the two, Watcher and Resurrection, same premise. I definitely, I, I think I enjoyed Watcher better than Resurrection, though I think both have their interesting elements to them for sure. Uh, the final movie here. Glass Onion. Okay, I watched Glass Onion, the Knives Out sequel. And uh, this movie, this is fun. This is it, it's it's kind of weird the 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 first movie the main character was not Blanc the main character was not Daniel Craig's character this movie it, it was you know it was it was the 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 servant girl or whatever that worked for them uh, was basically the main character of that movie this movie the main character is Blanc and they try to go more in depth into some of not super in depth maybe but but they go more into some of his personal life and some of that kind of stuff which is okay I guess but to be perfectly honest I kind of like him as this kind of strange out of the blue anomaly kind of character where it's just like who is this guy you know he's, he's just kind of a weird kind of guy you know and I mean he's definitely still kind of a, a weird kind of guy because he's still playing him in that same way that is very fun but in some ways I, I kind of liked him as a little bit more of like the the enigma of just somebody coming out of the woodwork kind of thing that said if we're gonna make keep making sequels with him I guess it makes sense to go in this direction with him uh the the cast of characters here a, a lot of again a lot of like famous kind of actors that you recognize Edward Norton Dave Batista and here you know some actors that you definitely recognize in here much like the first one all playing very unlikable characters uh, but characters that you also like watching as they interact with each other this one I think has a lower success rate than the first one in my opinion as far as it actually enjoying watching some of these characters there is characters like Dave Batista's character to me, would kind of shift back and forth between kind of enjoying his character, but also just kind of being annoyed with him a little bit too. Uh, you know, so th- there's uh, basically every character in the first movie. I was just like, yeah, okay, I don't like this guy, but he's very fun to watch. <laughs> this movie has a uh, it's it's definitely playing for that same thing. It has a little bit lower of a success rate, in my opinion, uh, going for that. That said, uh, I I do think the characters are well done. The the character dynamics and annoying you and not liking them and stuff, but still enjoying watching them. That whole thing that they they do in these movies is still here and it's still well done. Uh, the mystery itself is. Uh, much like the first one, it's it's this kind of you know uh, weird mystery. It's like you you kind of know you you know more stuff than you should know, but then you also don't know other things that you don't know, and it, it's definitely a, a twist on the mysteries genre, much like the first one is. Uh, and that aspect of it is enjoyable for the most part. Yes, I very much enjoyed that, but uh, to me, the ending, I just don't like the ending. I'm not gonna go into spoilers or anything. But just the way they wrap things up was just very unsatisfying, and uh, it's uh, they they set it up where I, where I really think they could have ended it really cool or, or in a better way somehow. But the way they ended it, it, it just really fell flat to me, and I, I just 
it it does put a bit of a damper on the whole movie to me because uh, it's it's this is a mystery movie, you know, and you're figuring things out, and it all very much comes to a head at the end. Mystery movies very much are that way. Uh, I mean, all movies are that way to an extent, but especially mystery movies where you're figuring things out and it all comes out and all this kind of stuff. To me, yeah, it's just the the way it ended, the way they concluded everything, I just didn't really like. I didn't find it satisfying, and I, I yeah, it's the, to me, that was kind of a bummer. That said, they're continuing with these Knives Out movies. I very much enjoyed this one for the most part, and uh, I'm definitely still excited to see the future of these movies. And so, yeah, it, I liked Glass Onion. It's got a good mix of the the mystery and the comedy and some of the suspense and stuff, just like the the first one. And I, so I think they they captured enough of that that it's a, a good sequel to that first movie, though not as good as that first movie for sure, in my opinion. So that's it. W what did you think of these movies? What movies did you watch in 2022? What was your favorite movies from last year? You can shoot me an email, helixreviewspodcast and gmail.com and let me know. Uh, up next on the show should be my favorites of the year episode where I, I count down all my favorite movies and stuff of last year. So look forward to that. Until next time, this is David at Helix Reviews signing out. Bye-bye, guys.